Let the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, having read that lesson, I think Gordon and I screwed up royally the other night. <laughs> Gordon invited some friends over to our house for a birthday party. And we invited our friends and some family instead of the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. But quite frankly, I would rather, much rather, celebrate that with friends and family than the lame and the halt, although these days the two are not mutually exclusive. So what do you suppose the point is that Jesus is trying to make by telling us that we should invite people to the banquet who are not people with whom we would normally share our table? Now Jesus uses parables not to tell us that we are wrong, but to turn our assumed realities inside out. In other words, he's not really saying that it's inappropriate to celebrate important occasions with those whom we love, but rather that the reality of his kingdom is that people are invited to the table whom we wouldn't expect, people who are different, people who are not taught, who are not thought of as acceptable, people who are hard to love, people who, are, who do not fit the status quo. Now, one of the joys of having been at All Saints for so many years is that there are endless recollections of people who have come to this table. And I got to thinking about a young man whose name was Paul, who showed up every Sunday morning for several months he was retarded, and he lived in a halfway house down the street. His name was Paul, and his speech was extremely difficult to understand, but he was also not short on talk. Reed Halliday and Carol Ernsting took to shepherding him, and Reed seems to have been able to carry on endless conversations with him, and when I asked Reed what, what, he, what they talked about, Reed said, I don't have a clue. <laughs> but that wasn't the important thing. The kid felt welcomed, and he showed up on Sunday mornings to come to the table. And one Sunday morning, the kid left the service. In those days, the restrooms were out that direction. And he returned only a few minutes later, which happened to be right in the middle of the sermon. And uh, he proceeded across the front of the church and up the center aisle, trailing a long trail of toilet paper hanging in the back of his trousers. And I felt a little upstaged. But Carol Ernsting got on it right away and restored order. And he came to communion with the rest of us. Now, over the years, there have been do dozens of people like Paul. For example, there was the Vietnam vet who showed up at church every Sunday morning 
He had no legs, but he, his wheelchair was a racing wheelchair, and he had a mohawk cut, which he sprayed bright red, and he had a long pole on his, on his um, wheelchair with a, with a raccoon tail on the pole. Or there was Dwight, who had a psychotic meltdown in the center aisle during Mass one Sunday morning. Not to mention the funeral of Mr. Leather, Indiana, and his eight lesbian pallbearers, complete with cat of nine tails. We've had our Kodak moments over the years, but it was never a circus. The party may have been colorful, but the table was never refused to anybody. These people kept us in touch with what the sign over the door really means. Everyone is welcome. When Louis Crew, founder of Integrity, that's gay Episcopalians and their friends, a white, middle-class gay man, and his black partner attended a parish in the South where people tried to make them feel uncomfortable by staring at them. They were not welcome. But Louis and his partner kept showing up on, in the parish on Sunday morning. And Louis said, the invitation to supper was not from the parish, but from our Lord. I think that's the point of the lesson this morning. This banquet which we share is not ours, it's our Lord's. We do not own it, nor is it ours to judge who comes to the table. Although Sunday morning is considerably less chaotic at All Saints now that our neighborhood is more genteel and middle class, I kind of miss the reminder that what happens here is that we all come to the table with our own forms of chaos, however buried they are in our middle-class values in our Sunday morning clothes. And it is by the invitation of our Lord. We come to be fed by the incredible grace of our Lord, who doesn't give a damn about anything but the fact that we have a soul which needs to be nourished and which needs to be and, and needs to be reminded that we are loved. Paul was that reminder to me, as was Dwight, as was Mr. Leather Indiana. I remember cringing on Sunday morning when things got out of control, when things were a little too weird for my middle class sensibilities. But when I eventually recalled that this is reality that we're talking about, life is not always pretty and orderly. It is not predominant, it is predominantly chaos. And people's lives are filled with chaos, with difficult moral questions which don't have easy answers, with realities too painful to cope with. And here at this table, God becomes present in bread and wine without judgment or prerequisite. God touches them, feeds them, whoever they are, whatever they are. We are all halt and lame in this place. 
Ecclesiastes says, the beginning of human pride is to forsake the Lord. The heart has withdrawn from its maker. The beginning of pride is sin. So when Jesus startles us by saying, don't invite those whom you love, but those who need to be loved, this is the basis of the kingdom. Not those who are deserving, but those who are humble enough to know that they live in chaos, to know that they don't understand, that know they don't know all the answers, that know they are not worthy. These are they who will celebrate the banquet in the kingdom. And that's a radical thought. God's kingdom is radical. Those of us who are mostly socially acceptable, those who fit in, those who are, not, who are the most unremarkable and most confident in our right to be at the table, we too are invited. But we are admonished to take the low seats at the table, <clears throat> lest we lack humility and assume that we have greater right to be present than those who are more colorful. The celestial banquet is not what we expect it to be. It is ever more full of grace and compassion than our small minds can imagine or hope for. Therein is its power to take even the humble and most self-assured, the self-centered and the arrogant of us, <clears throat> and overwhelm us with his love. Invite us to come up higher so that we might sing together, deck thyself, my soul, with gladness. Leave the gloomy haunts of sadness, come into the daylight's splendor, there with joy thy praises render unto him whose grace unbounded hath this wonderful banquet founded. Amen. <clears throat>